now we go to the Lord in prayer this morning before we open his word. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Savior, Lord, we are so thankful for today and just the privilege that we have to be able to open the word of God in just a few moments. And Lord, I pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and to challenge us with God's word this morning. Lord, I pray also that you might Father, just use this time. Lord, I pray that, Father, our hearts and minds might be drawn to you. I pray that we might be able to sort of put aside all the things that have happened this week and will happen this next week and just, Lord, be able to focus on you this morning. Lord, I want to pray this morning specifically for uh, the Gebberts. Lord, I pray for Jan, who as they've gone to Rome on a getaway trip, had some physical difficulties again with her lungs. And uh, Lord, thank you that she is doing somewhat better over the last 24 hours. But yet, Lord, they're going to be medevacking her back here to the States and pray that in these last 24 hours that things have improved, that they will continue to improve. And Lord, we know from our prayers in the past that, Lord, you've worked a great way in Jan's life, and we pray that you'll do that again this time. Be with Harry, Father. Give him wisdom and strength and their daughters. And Lord, I know it's a difficult time for them again, and uh, just knowing that they're so far apart, and just pray for safety, uh, Lord, on the way back. Lord, I pray also for the Standridges, and again, for grace for Mrs. Standridge as she, uh, Lord, goes through these, Lord, last weeks and months of her life. And Lord, thank you that you've given her the strength to be able to finish the writing that she desired to do. Father, this morning also, we want to pray for the Givens up in Alaska, and we know that there's been some difficulties there, but thank you that we've seen answered prayer, Lord. Uh, Lord, and I just pray that as uh, they continue to stay there over the next year and uh, teach there in the Bible College, Lord, that you would give them wisdom of what they're going to do after that. And then, Lord, I think of the email that I got from Joe this week about this uh, little boy who attended Bible clubs there in South America, and there was shooting going all, all around his house, and a bullet came through and killed him this week. God, I pray for the missionary on the field there that's ministering. I pray for grace for her and for those that are working with her that they might be able to be a real blessing to this little boy's family, Father, through this very difficult time for them. Lord, there are so many needs today around the world and even right here in our ministry. Lord, people who are facing surgery within the next week, Lord, I pray, Father, I think of Mrs. Smith, who's going to have knee surgery in just a little over a week, that you might be with her and, Lord, help that surgery to go well. I pray for Mel as she continues to heal, Father, and that you will keep her kidneys functioning. Even, Lord, help them to gain some functionality there, Father. Lord, I, I just pray, even as she faces surgery again in June, that you would give her grace and encouragement. Father, I pray for our campaign. Lord, that each of us would consider what we can do through sacrifice. Lord, it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. And this next month, Lord, that we would really pray and seek your will, Lord, of what we can do in the renovation, Our Hearts, His House campaign. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. 
Well, sometimes we hit milestones in life, and uh, those are exciting times. And yesterday, I had the privilege of being able to watch somebody hit one of those milestones. Yesterday, I was at Eastern University and watched Dave Obert receive his doctorate. So uh, congratulations. Wanted to say that to Dave. It was just neat to be there yesterday, even though it was sort of rain-shortened. We had to watch him on video, but it was great. So when you see him, just call him Dr. Ober and uh, shake his hand and just wanted to say congratulations. Also, wanted to remind you that uh, tomorrow morning up at uh, Country Meadows for all of our seniors, senior saints, that we have a breakfast. We're calling a legacy breakfast. Gary uh, from Impact Stewardship will be here and he'll be speaking and uh, to you. And we want to encourage you, if you are over 55 and you're looking for something to do and a free breakfast tomorrow, you can meet us up there at 9 o'clock and uh, it'll be a great time. So all of you, we want to encourage you to come out in the morning. And then tomorrow night uh, at 6.30 over in the cafeteria for our leadership. And maybe you say, Pastor, I think I'd like to come to that. Well, if you'd like to come, just let Vicki know. Uh, we've invited all of our leadership to come. But uh, if you'd like to come tomorrow night and have dinner with us, and Gary will be speaking there also, then we want to invite you to do that. It's called our early commitment dinner. Well, I want you to do something a little bit different this morning. Fellas, I want you to take your wallet out. Ladies, I want you to take your pocketbooks out. I want you to get your pocketbook. Have your wallet in your pocketbook. Everybody needs to participate in this this morning. Got your wallet or your pocketbook? If you didn't bring one, you're lucky this morning, I guess. I want you to stand up. If you have your wallet and pocketbook, if you don't, you can stay seated. Unless you want to give something else that's precious away, maybe your wife or children, if you have them, you want to give them away. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody right around you, and I want you to hand them your wallet. You're going to trade your wallet or your pocketbook. Women, pocketbooks, men, wallets, please. Let's not be confused here today. So uh, here we go. You can be seated. Now, you want to hold on to that? I got Charlie Bailey's. I think I'm in good shape here. So I uh, put that in there. Oh, I hope, hope you have something in there, Charlie, for the offering a little bit later. Okay. Okay, now, I want you to hold on to that. And uh, this is going to be important because this morning we're going to be talking about something really important from God's Word that sort of goes along with our capital campaign. It's this word, stewardship. And so every one of you this morning have become stewards of someone else's property. So if that person leaves the service early and I see somebody chasing, I'll understand why, okay? Okay. <laughs> So now we are all stewards of somebody else's pocketbook or wallet, and I, I want you to do that. But I want us to understand what this word stewardship really means today. It's much broader than just a month of a stewardship campaign that we're in the middle of. It really is a way of life. And we're going to see that as we go through God's word this morning and look at this. But I want to give you a little video clip. We're going to start with a video clip and end with a video clip this morning that helps us to understand what stewardship really is. 
stewardship. It's kind of a churchy word, but what does it mean? This is stewardship plain and simple. Meet John. He loves to play golf, eat Italian, and go to the movies. He has a house, a car, and a job that pays the bills. In his free time, he catches up on the latest game and he plays his guitar. So here's where stewardship comes in. Everything John has, from his TV, to his car, to even his ability to play guitar. Well, none of it actually belongs to him. Are you ready for this? From the little things, all the way to the big stuff, like his house, it all belongs to God. You're a steward of everything God gave you. It's a privilege, and he expects you to be responsible, not just with your finances, but your time, talents, and toys. So what does it mean to be responsible? Well, like hosting a Bible study at your house, or using your free time to visit someone in the hospital, or how about giving money to an out-of-work friend? It's all stewardship. So when it's time to give back, say the plate gets passed, or the children's minister asks you to serve in the toddler's room again, think to yourself this one simple question. Does what I have belong to me or God? Does what you have belong to you or to God? Now, I couldn't show that little video clip and not say this at the very end. Did you notice at the very end it showed passing the plate? But even more so important than that, did you notice what it said? Stewardship is about serving when the children's minister or director asks you to serve. Hey, let me thank you, church. Remember two weeks ago we had that long list in the bulletin that seemed like it was two pages long of places that Vic and Nikki needed your help? You guys are phenomenal. Within a week of that, that whole list went from like 12 items down to two. You know why? Because that's good stewardship. And I want to thank you. Pastor John, I want to thank you for stepping forward and showing Stewardship, giving of your time to meet the need of our children's ministry. Now, we still have just two spaces open. Maybe by the end of the message, we'll have those taken care of, huh? But that's what stewardship is about. It's just not about our finances. It's about our time, our talent, our treasure, and even the tea that they said what? Our toys. They all belong to God, don't they? Well, take your Bibles this morning, if you would, and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning. And we're going to come back to the wallets and pocketbooks a little bit later, so don't worry. Don't let that take your mind away from what the message is. We'll come back to those and talk about those in a minute. But 1 Corinthians chapter 4... It says, a person should consider us in this way, as a servant of Christ and stewards of God's mystery. In this regard, it is expected of a steward that each one of them be found trustworthy or faithful. So Paul writing to the church at Corinth says, in this matter of stewardship, 
it is required that stewards are found faithful or trustworthy. Now, you say, Pastor Dick, this really isn't a Mother's Day message. Don't you know that this is Mother's Day and you should be preaching to mothers? And I just want to say that really every mother in this room is a steward of your children. They are God's property. They don't belong to you. They're a gift from God that God has given you, and you are their stewards. And so a lot of the things that we're going to say this morning, we could apply them to children and how that, listen, we are God's stewards. We are God's managers of his most precious gift, people, little people, little children. And so when we think of stewardship, what it means, let me give you a simple definition. Here's what it is. It's using God-given abilities. They're God-given abilities to manage God-given resources to accomplish God-ordained results. I love this. A lot of different um, definitions for stewardship, but I really like this one because it uses God-given abilities. And that's telling us that all my abilities, everything about me, comes from God. To manage God-given resources, that means all I have, all we see around us, it comes from God. To accomplish God-ordained results. And if there's anything that we want here at Mount Calvary Church, if there's anything that you want in your life, it's not results from you, it's results of God working through you. That's what we should desire. And that's what really stewardship is. It's God, take me, take my toys, take my time, take my talent, and use it to accomplish great things for you. You might sit there and say, well, man, how, how could God take my toys? You know, you golf. You ever golf? How many of you golf here? How long does it take you to play 18 holes? About four hours, three hours if you're really good. And, you know, when you're on a golf course, one of the things I like about going to a golf course is sometimes I've gone by myself and they pair me up with what? Other people. And so now I have three hours with that person somewhere in that 18 holes. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to share the gospel of Christ with them. I remember a couple years ago, I was playing a course down in Lancaster. And my son-in-law and I went and they paired us up with two other guys. And uh, we played for about the first nine holes, and uh, we were sort of playing against them, and, and we were beating them the first nine holes. And I mean, I heard words that day I never knew. And about the eighth hole, the one guy said to my son-in-law, what do you do? He said, I'm in seminary. And then he looked at me and said, what do you do? And he said, I'm a pastor. His face just sort of, the next nine holes, I, I'm seriously, it went from blank this to the guy, one shot, he said, oh, hallelujah, that was a good shot. I'll never forget it. Oh, wow, did his language ever change? From blank to hallelujah. But it's amazing, you know, even my toys of playing golf can be used, what? For Jesus Christ. And so, everything we have belongs to God. I want to give you this morning four simple principles of stewardship. Four simple principles. First of all, the principle of ownership. And our verse, our verse sort of alludes to this. Our verse implies that we have someone else's stuff. We have someone else's possession. We have someone else's belongings that we are taking care of. This morning, every one of you have someone else's what? Wallet. I have a wallet here that has a credit card. 
has Charlie Bailey, MasterCard. And he what? He, he gave this to me. He entrusted it with me. I am so glad it's Mother's Day and I have his wallet. I guess we'll be going out. No, it, it what? He's entrusted for me to hold this, and he, he doesn't think that I'm going to go out and misuse this credit card. He's entrusted it to me, hasn't he? It doesn't belong to me. It has Charlie Bailey's name on it. And I would be wrong to go out and misuse this, and he would think wrongly of me. And so what it is is this isn't mine. That wallet, that pocketbook that, you're ha- that you hold isn't yours. It belongs to someone else. And the reality of everything that we have, it does not belong to us. It belongs to someone else, doesn't it? In fact, the scripture says in Psalms 24, the earth is the Lord's. You say, well, Pastor Dick, that's not really hard to figure out. Man, just look around the earth. It's beautiful. The sunrise, the sunset, all the things, the earth is beautiful. I can accept that one. I like that one, in fact. But listen to the rest of the verse. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything. Everything. Everything means what? Are you convinced? Everything means what? Everything. Everything. That means, listen, everything belongs to the Lord, the world and all who live in it. Let me tell you what, let me flesh it out for you this morning. That means this morning when you got up, you got up in God's house. You said, no, not, I'm here now. No, listen to me. You got up in a house. Mine's 32 Hemlock Drive. The bank owns it, not really. God owns it. So when you got up this morning, you got up in God's house, and when you got up this morning, you put on God's clothes. This morning, you got God's kids out of bed, and you fought with them to come to church. And then you what? You drove God's car to church, and you're sitting in God's chairs. Because God owns what? Everything. Everything belongs to Him. And we don't think about that. We just think about, this is mine. No, everything belongs to God. And again, we're stores. This morning when I came in, I gave Beverly Kreider my checkbook. How are you doing with it, Bev? Oh, did you give my checkbook away? (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) She's too literal, isn't she? Okay, so I, I gave it to you that about 9.15 this morning. What have you done with it? You wrote a check. Okay, and who did you write that check to? Mount Calvary Church, okay. Well, good job. I, I appreciate that. Did you already put it in? You all just put it in the back then. You didn't even wait for the plate, did you? Oh, wow. Okay, she likes the boxes. That's a statement, huh? No. <laughs> now, when we think about that, I gave her, I entrusted her with my checkbook, and she what? She was a good steward. Because, you know, Pastor Dick, he doesn't tithe, so I better take care of that for him. I'll just, I'll just do that. And so I entrusted it. She has it, and she's going to keep it for right now. But the reality is, is, see, I entrusted her with it, and what did she do? It's not hers. She knew it belongs to me, but she was a good steward of it. She took the time. She wrote a check out. She even signed my name on that check, right? And put it in the box for me already. 
She is a good steward. And so this is what God said. He owns everything. 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, God gives us all things to enjoy. Of the verse, God gives us all things to enjoy. He says, listen, everything, all the earth that you see, it's yours to enjoy. I've given it to you as a gift. He said, I've given you your finances to enjoy. I've given your children to enjoy. I've given you food to enjoy. I've given you all these things to enjoy. But verse 18 is interesting because he says in verse 18, it's our responsibility to be generous and to share it with others. Again, the whole reason that God gives you things, the reason he gives you a house is for you to share it with others. The reason he gives you a car is to share it with others. Everything you have belongs to God, and God isn't selfish. Just like God shares his love, he wants you to share your time, your talents, your treasures, your toys with everyone. And he wants you to be generous about that. It's, interest, it's an interesting concept that that's what God expects of us. He gives us these things not to hoard, but to give. It's really like this. You, all of us live life in one of two ways. We do. All of us live life in one of two ways. Here's what it is. Or, we all do. This morning, you live life in one of those two ways. And the reason God has given you all these things isn't for you, just for you. It's for you to enjoy, but it's also, he tells us in that very next verse, is for you to be generous with others. That's being good stewards. He gave you a house to entertain. He gave you food to share. All of these things. The second principle is this, the principle of responsibility. Again, our verse in the regard in regards it is expected. It is expected of stewards that each one be found faithful. So there's the principle of responsibility. Our verse implies we're responsible to take care of it wisely. So this is an interesting thought. Owners have rights. Owners have rights. Stewards have responsibility. So if you're not an owner, you're a steward, then you have the responsibility to God to take care of his belongings, his possessions, his property. Again, the world talks about rights. God always talks about responsibilities. When it even comes to this stewardship, this principle of responsibility, it's, it's important for us to God has rights. So that means, you know what? If God desires to take something from you, he has that right. Did you ever think about that? If God desires to take something away, he has that right. Because you don't own it anyway. Your children, they don't belong to you. They belong to God. Everything about us belongs to God. It's his. He has, he has, he's the owner, so he has rights. We only have the responsibility. And when we think about this, we think about it in three areas this morning. First of all, time. You know, we have 24 hours. It's all God's time. You know, every day, all 24 hours belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. So my question is, how will I use it? 
I'm responsible for it because it's God's time that he's given me. How about our talents? God owns them. You know, a lot of times Christians will use their talents in the world and their abilities in the world, but then they won't turn around and use those talents in the church. All those things about you, your abilities, your talents, all of those belong to God. And then your treasure. And I want to talk about our treasure this morning, since we're in the middle of this capital campaign. I want to look at it in three areas. I'm going to look at it in three areas quickly this morning. And the first is in the area of giving. Of giving. And I really believe that the Bible teaches giving, and you see it on the screen. It teaches us to give in three ways. It teaches us to give to God. teaches us to give to the poor. And it teaches us to give to other Christians. Those are commands that we find in God's Word. Those are not really optional. And so when we think about this thing of giving to God, 1 Corinthians 16.2 says, On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money and give it. Now when we think about this, there's an interesting statistic. The 36% of evangelical Christians give less than 2% of their income to the church. 36% of evangelical Christians give less than 2%. 7% give 10% or more of their income. Only 7%. And that means everybody else is somewhere in between those. And so when we think about it, are we giving God, what should we give in Him? If it all belongs to Him, then we need to decide, well, what are we going to give to Him? Now, we could, we could, you know, talk all morning. It's a whole different message about the whole thing of, you know, should I tithe? Is 10% or are we under the law? And we could go back to the Old Testament and we could see where even before pre-law, still in the Old Testament, but pre-law, before the laws that uh, God gave to Moses and he put on the, on the Israelis or the Israel, the Jewish people, we can see that Abraham brought tithes to Melchizedek. So it was pre-law. But we come into the New Testament, you never really hear law, the, that law of tithing of 10% preached. But it's interesting, in the New Testament, the God says that his grace is even greater than the law, isn't it? And he even calls us, the, the law, or the, or the grace even calls us to a higher standard. It even calls us to give. And, and, and God says this is how we should give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each man should give as he decides in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. And I love that verse because he's not saying you should give 10% or 5%. What he's really saying is, listen, you should give as God lays upon your heart. And so the question I have to you today is this. Do you even pray about it? When you get that check and realize that 100% of it belongs to God, do you go to him and say, God, what do you want me to give? Do you want me to give 5? Do you want me to give 10? Do you want me to give 20%? What do you want me to give? How do you want me to give? And, and I'll tell you personally, you know, I was taught we, and, and to give ten, at least 10%. And uh, to, that's what my dad taught me. And then we gave above and beyond that to missions and to other things. But he said, that's what you give to the church, and then you give to missions and things above that. That's how I was taught. So that's what Virginia and I have always strived to do. I always share the stories. I think it's so funny. Back in my church back in New Jersey, one time we had an all-tithe Sunday. All-tithe. 
is we're just encouraging people for everybody to give something on that Sunday, even if you'd never given to God on that Sunday. And I'll never forget this new Christian. He had been saved about three weeks. He came in. He was so excited. He was smiling. He said, Pastor, Pastor Dick, he said, I'm so excited. He said, look, I got a tie for all tie Sunday. Isn't this great? He just didn't quite get it. All tithe it was. You know, the reality is all of us ought to be doing something. And so what what are you doing? What are you giving to God? And then he says, listen, we shouldn't give reluctantly or out of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. You know, one of the most hilarious times in the service ought to be when you put your money back there or when the plates come by. Because we get, a, we get an opportunity to just to give to God a portion of what he's already given to us. And we should do it cheerfully. It should be exciting. It should be praise and worship that we give. And then he commands us to give to the poor. Proverbs nineteen seventeen and Galatians 2, 10. He said, listen, you should give to the poor financially. We should give them food. Uh, Pastor John's going to share with you at the offering today what the church just did recently to help some of the poor here in, in Elizabethtown. And, and so... As a church, we should be giving to those in need. That's why we have a fellowship fund, to meet people's needs. And then to Christians, Romans 12, 13, Acts 2, 4, and 5. He said we should give our money, our time, ourselves to brothers and sisters in Christ. That's being good stewards. I should be seeking to meet your needs. You should be seeking to help meet my needs. That's where we get in Galatians. He says we're to bear one another's burdens. So there's this area of giving, and then there's the area of receiving. And, and when, when I talk about receiving, Scripture talks a lot about it. First of all, it talks about diligent labor. It says a man shouldn't eat if he doesn't what? Work. A man ought to work. Somebody ought to work. Listen, unless it's physically impossible, you ought to be working. In fact, God, when he put Adam in the garden, he didn't say, okay, Adam, just take it easy. No, what did he say? Work. You're going to work six days and you're going to rest on the seventh. And so work. Listen, I have no problem with helping poor people. I have no problem with helping people who maybe have gone through a physical difficulty and can't work. But I got to tell you, I got a problem helping with people who won't work. Because Scripture says we ought to work diligently. And that's how we receive. When you get that check, because you've worked diligently, it might have Hamilton Watch on it, or it might have somebody else's name on it. It might have their name, but that's from God, because you're obeying His word of working. So we can receive through diligent work. We can receive through creative resources. Creative resources. What's a creative resource? How many of you ladies clip coupons? Okay, that's creative resourcing. It is. Because you're saving lots of money. And, you know, for you husbands, if your wife is a coupon fanatic, you ought to praise God for that. That's creative resourcing. The Bible talks a lot about that. And then another great way, one of the most important ways is what? Answered prayer. When we have a need, we share it. We share it with God. We share it. And God meets that need and takes care of it. And so these are ways of receiving. And then there's ways of managing. Do you know the Bible speaks a lot about managing our money? 
It talks about budgeting. So no man builds without what? First considering the cost. Go back to the book of Nehemiah, the great builder in the Old Testament. He budgeted ahead of time for what he was going to do. He planned ahead of time. And so budgeting, staying out of debt. The Bible has a lot to say about staying out of debt. And uh, developing sales resistance. Getting the best deal. You say, Pastor, are all those things biblical? I believe they are. That's managing. That's being a good steward of God's money. That's being a good steward. If I'm going to go out and buy a car, you know, when I went out and bought our Honda last year, I went up to the top of the street here to, to Smitty's, and I talked to Smitty. I said, tell me, Smitty, what is the car that you work the least on? And he said, by far, I hardly ever see Hondas in here. He said, That's, that car's hardly ever in here getting worked on. So I said, because I'm looking to buy a car that gets good gas, go back and forth to Lancaster every day. He says, listen, go buy a Honda. So before I bought a Honda, the reason I bought it was because what? I did some research, and I went on consumer. And I, because, listen, when I was going to purchase that car, first of all, I'm purchasing with not my money. I'm purchasing with God's money. Secondly, it's not going to be my car. It's going to be God's car. So then I want to change the oil in it. I want to take good care of it. I want to do those things because it belongs to what? God. That's the reality. Everything I have belongs to God. So I want to manage it well. I want to be a good steward. Now, I can't cover all this stuff in one, one, one service. And so I praise God for Tim Taylor. Tim does a phenomenal job in teaching a course called Financial Peace University. And I think probably 20 families from our church have been through it. All of these things, these things of giving these things of receiving and these things of managing are all dealt with in that course. And Tim's going to be teaching it again this fall on Sunday mornings during the Sunday school hour. And so if you've never talk, taken the Financial Peace University course, you need to take it with Tim. And, and, and it'll be starting in September. And I just wanted to promote it because if you're here today and you don't, and you don't have a budget... And you're, and you're struggling with debt and credit cards and you're st- and struggling with how to manage your money and staying out of debt and, and sales resistance and all these things that are biblical, Tim's going to be teaching because we can't do it in one morning. And so I want you to pray about it and think about it. Because really what it comes down to is we are all stewards of God's money. Number three, the principle of accountability. As a manager of someone else's resources, opportunities, and possessions... We will give an account. We're going to give an account someday. You know, at the end, in a few minutes, I'm going to turn this wallet back to Brother, you know, Charlie. And I have to give an account for the time I have it. What have I done with it? Now, I've not gone anywhere. You see me right here. But the same thing you're all going to do, and you're going to, you know, trust each other. But, you know, it would be interesting to see what we would do if you would just say, listen, go ahead and keep my wallet for the afternoon. I'll get it back next Sunday. It'd be interesting to see what would next Sunday, wouldn't it? See, but, you know, you say, well, that's, that's sort of absurd, Dick. You know, you let somebody else take your wallet for a week. Well, that's nothing compared to what God gives us. What? Everything. And he says, take care of it. So we think it's absurd to trade wallets and pocketbooks and then give them for a week. But God give, has given you everything and says, now you take care of it. 
It's your responsibility. In Matthew chapter 25, a great parable, it's the parable of the talents. That story says a man went away and left his possessions to three stores. And he left a percentage to each of those stores. And we know that two of the stores took that money and increased it. They increased it. And then the one store, he didn't. He buried it. And so when the, when, the, when the man came back, when the owner came back, they had to give accountability for what they did. And we know when he, when he came back and he asked them, now share with me what you've done. You know, the first, the first two workers said, we invested and we increased it, master. And the master said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And he, and he multiplied what they had. He gave to them double. And then he said, you're going to be blessed. But then the other one who took it and hid it and said that we knew that you're, you're a hard master. And so I was afraid, so I took it and hid it. I didn't do anything with it. He said, cursed are you. I entrusted you with this, and you did nothing with it. You didn't take it and invest it and make it grow. God expects us to use our time, our talent, our treasures, and our toys wisely. And then the last one, the prince, or next to the last, the principle of reward. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So he said, listen, you're going to be rewarded. Just like in the parable of the servants, you're going to be rewarded for what you do with the things that you have. And then the last principle this morning, the principle of lordship. Stewardship is really all about lordship. It really is. It's saying, Lord, I want you to be Lord of everything and every area of my life. Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my marriage. Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my children. Lord, I want you to be the Lord over my finances. Lord, I want you to be the Lord over my home and over my car and over my house and over my time and talent and toys and treasure. It all belongs to you, Lord. I want to make you the Lord of it. I want to make you the controller and the owner. And some of you today, that's the very place you need to start. You need, when you get home today, you just need to get alone with God and say, God, you know what? I've sort of been the owner of all this stuff, I thought. And so, God, right here today, I just want to give it all back to you. It all belongs to you anyway. God, I'm sorry for claiming it's mine. God, I'm sorry for using it in the wrong way. God, I'm sorry not giving to you and to others and making it all about what I want and what my desires are. And so, God, forgive me. Everything I have is yours. And that's where some of us need to start. Making him the Lord of everything, the controller, the ruler of everything we have. You know, when you make Christ the center of your life, your heart will always ask, how can I give? How can I give? I, because Christ, when you look at the life of Christ, Christ was all about what? Giving. And he wants us as Christians to be all about giving. And so that when Christ is at the center of your life, that will be a natural thing for you to say, how much, what kind of time, what kind of talent, do you, how, what can I do for you, God? You have done so much for me, and you continue to do so much for me daily. God, I just love you so much. I just want to give. 
I want to give of my time. I want to give of my talent. I want to give of my treasure. I want to give of my toys. I want to give of everything, God, because I love you so much. He's given so much to me, and I want to give so much to him. I have to tell you that one of my favorite movies is Schindler's List. I love that movie. It was put out in 1993, received an Academy Award, talked about the life of um, Oscar Schindler. German Catholic businessman. And uh, I don't know if he had a relationship with Christ. I, I don't know that. But when you watch that movie and you watch how it unfolds, within his heart and within his being was to take all the money that he had and invested in buying Jewish people back as they were on their way in trains, if you've seen the movie, and as they were on their way to the concentration camps and to the death camps, he would literally buy them back. He would pay thousands of dollars and then he would bring them, bring them back to his factory. And, and we're told that he bought over a thousand, maybe, maybe even a little bit over eleven hundred Jews that he paid for and bought them and brought them back to his factory and put them to work making bullets and making mortar rounds for the German army, but not calibrating them right so they would all misfire and not work right. Well, at the end of that movie, there's a very moving scene that I want to show you. The war is just about to end, and all the factory workers, all those Jewish people have gathered together, and they offer him two things. First of all, they offer him a letter of thanks for what he's done. And then secondly, they offer him a gold ring, as you'll see. And that ring came from those Jewish people taking the bridge work out of their mouth, taking it out of their mouth and making a ring and then giving it to Oscar Schindler to say thank you. Watch this video clip and listen to the words and listen to his heart. I think it's a great illustration of what a steward is all about. Hebrew from the Talmud, it says, whoever saves one life, saves the world entire. If I made more money, 
was funny. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> if I just... There will be generations because of what you did. I didn't do enough. You did so much. I could have gotten more. I wasted so much. Sometimes I look at my life and I say, you know what? The greatest thing I've been entrusted with, and the verse there in 1 Corinthians says, we've been entrusted with the mysteries of God. We've been entrusted with the gospel. And if there's any place that we need to be good stewards, we need to be good stewards of the gospel of Christ, sharing it. I always think, Dick, man, you could have shared... You could have shared here. You could have shared there. I could have done more. And sometimes I think about my own, my own time and my own talent, my own treasures. And, man, I, I could do more, God. I could do more. But sometimes I have to admit, I'm so lazy. But I love that clip because it reminds me when I watch that every time that, God, you've done so much for me. I want to do the most I can. I want to be the best steward that I can possibly be for you. Let's pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed just before Pastor John comes and we do our offering this morning and sing our last song, can I ask you what kind of storage you are? Today, what did it feel like to give your wallet or your pocketbook to someone else? It felt funny, didn't it? And, and, and you've probably even a couple times through the service thought about it. Well, how, how does God feel? He's given us everything and and he said, it's yours. Now, what are you going to do with it? And then how do you feel sitting there holding somebody else's property and thinking, when am I going to be able to give this back? When am I going to be able to give it back? It's, it's uncomfortable. Oh, listen, we need to think the same way. When can I give back to you, God, because you've done so much for me? God, I want to give you my time, my talent, my treasure, my toys. I want to give it all to you, God. Father, help us to be faithful stewards of what you've given us. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Before Pastor John comes, turn around and give that person their wallet or pocketbook back. That would have been interesting as we uh, go into taking our offering. And as we uh, take our offering uh, this morning, this is just uh, for our family as, uh, as we continue in worship to give back to God what he has given to us. And, and we just wanted to say thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, because of your continual faithful giving, you allow us uh, to continue the ministry here in Elizabethtown. I just want to make you, known and, uh, make you know about one of the opportunities that we had because of your giving in the recent weeks. Uh, there are 70 families uh, that have, of children that go to Elizabethtown High School and Elizabethtown schools that uh, when they go home on the weekends, they really don't have any food to eat. Uh, there's nothing in the house. And so uh, with the, the local churches that have been working together, E-Town churches that care, and, and putting together bear bags. And basically it's a backpack of food that each one of those children is given so that they have food, their families have food for the weekend. And, uh, and because of your generosity, because of your faithful giving here at Mount Calvary, we were able to write a check for $300 uh, 
in the last week or so just to help uh, provide food for some of those kids for the rest of this year. And because of your continued faithful giving, we're going to continue to give to that project because what a great way for us to impact this community, for us to say, you know what, we care about you. So we just want to say thank you. Thank you for, for giving faithfully. And, and you might say, well, what does it matter? It does matter. Those 70 kids, when they get that backpack, man, that matters to them. So thank you for your giving. Because you gave, you ministered to those 70 families. So as you give the, the today, just, just know that we're thankful and know that we just ask and expect God to use that money to do great things for his honor and glory. Thanks for giving.